3: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you. And the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today's title of the show is Callous to Callous. You know, I love words. Uh, I'm an etymologist by trade. Uh, and words are the foundation for all communication, for debates, Uh, And if you look at what's going on in the world today, uh, it seems like we're all speaking the same language, but we're all using different dictionaries. That's the problem. All the the words sound alike, but what we're doing is we're functioning from different meanings. And the interesting thing about callus, C-A-L-L-U-S, that it's a noun. But when that word becomes an adjective, there's an O added. So it goes from C A L L U S as a noun to C A L L O U S as an adjective. And O doesn't make a big difference because callous is a hard, thickening area of skin that develops usually from friction or irritation over time, such as a hardened area often leaves one less sensitive to the touch. So it's no surprise that the adjective callous with an O in addition to describing skin that is hard and thick, can also be used as a synonym for harsh or insensitive. Think about that. A callous person is insensitive or emotionally hardened, unkind, cruel, and without sympathy or feeling for other people. Think about that. And what's going on today is an epidemic. And we are becoming callous. And today, I want to start off today's show with a story, one of my favorite stories, and I want to share it with you. A young woman went to her mother and told about her life. Things were really hard. It, she had a lot of obstacles. She was ready to give up. She didn't know how she was going to make it, and, and it was about done. She was tired of the fighting and the struggling. It seemed as as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Can you empathize? With this young woman? Sound like anybody else's life, you know? Right now? So her mother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water and placed each one on fire. Put some heat to it. Soon the pots came to a boil. In the first pot, she placed carrots. In the second pot, she placed eggs. In the third pot, she placed ground-up coffee beans. She let them all sit in the water, boil, and it was absolute silence. She didn't want her words to take away from the imagery of the point she was making. In about 20 minutes, she turned off all three burners. One at a time, she dealt with each item. She fished the carrots out, And placed them in a bowl She pulled the eggs out Placed them in a bowl She then ladled the coffee And put it into a nice Big coffee cup Turning to her daughter She asked, tell me, daughter What do you see? A little flippantly The daughter replied Why carrots Eggs and coffee Her mother brought her closer And said, let's go a little deeper. She said, I want you to feel the carrots. Pick them up. She did. And she noted that they were soft. The mother then asked the daughter to take out an egg. And notice how hard it was. And shake it a little bit. And notice it's solid all the way through. Now she said, break it. And peel off the shell." And as she pulled off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg underneath and held it in her hand. Finally, the mother asked the daughter to take a sip of the coffee. The daughter slowly put the coffee cup up to her mouth, and as she was, she noticed the fine aroma, and she took a sip. And with that, the daughter looked with puzzle on her eyes and her face and queried about her mother. Mom, what what does all this mean? I came in here telling you about my problems and you're cooking me a meal. The mother laughed and said, let me explain. And she said that each of these objects had faced adversity. They'd been in the fire. The adversity was boiling water. And she wanted her daughter to note how each reacted differently to the same boiling water, to the same adversity. She noted the carrot was strong, hard, unrelenting before it experienced the adversity. She noted, however, after being subject to the boiling water, it softened, it became weak. See, the egg had been fragile its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. If she would have dropped that egg or hit that egg on anything before putting in the water it would have bust open all over the place pouring out. But after sitting through the boiling water it became hardened. Now the ground coffee beans were unique however. See after they were in the boiling water something different happened instead of the coffee beans being changed they had changed the water they had changed their environment and with that she looked at her daughter and posed the simple question which are you daughter when adversity knocks on your door how do you respond are you a carrot an egg or are you some good coffee beans And ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to this right now, you should pose the question to yourself. Which are you? Are you the carrot that seems strong? But with the pain that's been going on last year plus, the adversity of the pandemic and our weird political environment today, do you wilt and become soft and lose your strength? Or are you the egg that started with a malleable heart What changed with the pressure, with the heat? Did you have a fluid spirit, but after lockdown, after losing your home or losing a business, or maybe after a death or a breakup, maybe a financial hardship or some other trial, have you become hardened and stiff? Does your shell look the same on the outside, but on the inside, become bitter and tough with a stiff spirit, a hardened heart? And I'm going to suggest that what we all need to be is more like the coffee bean. See, the bean actually changes the hot water. The very circumstances that brings the pain, when the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance, the flavor, the odor of the coffee. If you're like a bean, when things are at their worst and get better, you change the situation around you. When the hour is the darkest and the trials are the greatest, do you elevate yourself to another level? How do you handle adversity? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? And I'm going to suggest to you today, the happiest of people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They just make the most of everything that comes along the way. The brightest future will always be based on a well-processed past. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about going from callous to callous. And we've got to deal with something. The issues of the heart. And no matter what happens to us externally, no matter what happens to us politically, no matter who's in the White House, we've got to make sure that we don't harden our heart. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about callous to callous. And we'll be back in a few minutes.
1: Contemplate this on the tree of woe.
2: Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is your power, your freedom, Dr. Viktor Frankl. In this unprecedented time of pandemics and confusion, our daily choices matter more, and they are more consequential. Times of challenge and opportunities require another set of eyes, a deeper understanding, a bigger picture, so we can live a life of purpose and passion like it matters. Mr. Black is excited to announce the release of his newest book, Way of the Warrior, a Daily Devotional, bringing hope and encouragement to be all that you were created to be. Each day, Mr. Black shares with you guidance from above that is educational, inspirational, and applicational. Access Mr. Black each day as he continues to help you raise your bar and become all you were created to be. Way of the Warrior Daily Devotional is now available in ebook and hardcover at likeitmatters.net. Regain and retain your power and your freedom order way of the warrior daily devotional and let god be your guide and mr black your life caddy order today at like it whoa
0: look at all these options you could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream freedom 1570 top shelf choices include freedom 1570.com our free app at radio.com
2: Whenever the flu or something worse is going around, some people don't get it. They aren't just lucky. Their immune systems are better prepared. Even vaccines don't work if the immune system is weak. I'm certified clinical nutritionist Marty Whittakin. On my Healthy by Nature show, our expert guests teach you how to build immune strength naturally and feel better, more energetic.
0: Healthy by Nature, Saturdays at 8 a.m. here on Freedom 1570. Join the Freedom Insider Club, and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, The Cost of My Faith, How a Decision in My Cake Shop Took Me to the Supreme Court by Jack Phillips. Register at freedom1570.com.
3: This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at LikeItMatters.net. Give today at LikeItMatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters leadership awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at LikeItMatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you.
1: Well, a hard-headed woman, a soft-hearted man, been the cause of trouble
3: ever since the world began. The oh yeah, oh, ever yeah. since the world began. The Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Nothing like the king to pick things up a little bit. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about callus to callus. You know, it's interesting because it's the same word, but callus as a noun is like a a hardened spot of skin, if you will. I'll give you the actual definition. A callus is a hard, thickened area of skin that develops usually from friction or irritation over time. By the way, it is very interesting uh, that when get this hard, thickened piece of skin, this callus, it's interesting because it also kills the nerves we can't feel anymore. This is interesting. When I was on the Mayo Clinic uh, preparing for the show, it said treatment for corns and calluses usually involves avoiding the repetitive actions that cause them to develop. Because as we go into this word, I'm really, and we're going to go through the hardening of the heart, hardening of the liver, all that, the medical terminology. But I want to talk more as we get through this this show on the spiritual part, on the emotional part. See, there's a lot of medical conditions uh, with hardening. You know, I was in the Army. I, uh, I was on my own at 16, graduated high school from basic high school uh, in Henderson, Nevada uh, when I was 17 years old. And I went right into the Army. Uh, so I graduated high school in June of 83, was in boot camp in August of 83 in Fort Bliss, Texas. I was a 91 Delta. Uh, it's a scrub nurse, a surgeon's assistant. So I was the one that set up the sterile field. I was the one that would hand the doctor, all the the surgeon, all the instruments, scalpel, the, you know, I, I probably got to cut open a few people, I don't know what the number is, but uh, the doctor would uh, draw with a crayon on the skin where the initial incision was. Uh, see, the the top layer of the skin, there's three layers of skin, and the top layer of skin is contaminated. And so you use the first knife, the skin knife, just to cut through the top layer, layer and then you have to put it away, uh, you get rid of it, because it's infected. And then you need a different scalpel to cut through subcutaneous and the other layers. And so uh, it was interesting that he could draw a line. I could just make the, uh, the, the cut and then the first layer of skin would pull back and would get rid of the knife and then go to a different scalpel. And so when I was through all my training, I had to learn a lot about medical terminology. And so ectomy, the word ectomy is when you remove something, you know, the hysterectomy right? A hyster is the word for uterus. That's what hyster means. It's the uterus. Uh, An ectomy is removal. So a hysterectomy is removal of the uh, uterus. Now, the word for hardening is sclerosis, sclerosis. So whenever you see anything sclerosis, it is the hardening of that uh, item. So uh, arteriosclerosis is the hardening of the arteries, Arteries are the blood vessels that carry oxygen and nutrients from your heart to the rest of your body. So arteriosclerosis occurs when the blood vessels that carry oxygen and nutrients from your heart to the rest of your body, the arteries, become thick and stiff, sometimes restricting blood flow to your organs and tissues. Healthy arteries are flexible and elastic. See, I never miss a good metaphor. If I was a superhero, they would call me metaphor man. I'm just telling you right now. Because did you hear that? what arteriosclerosis is, uh, they become thick and stiff, sometimes restricting blood flow to your organs and tissue. In other words, it keeps things from functioning at their optimum level. And I want you to consider metaphorically, emotionally, spiritually, the hardening of our hearts as, as Americans, as human beings, in our relation, as the relational people that we are, when our hearts become hardened, now I'm not talking about arteriosclerosis or hardening of the heart medically. I'm talking about psychologically. I'm talking about emotionally. But notice it says healthy article uh, arteries are flexible and elastic. Le- leaders, that's us. A good leader. One of the key terms is fluid. Don't you get it? Flexible, elastic. Don't get. So, you know, thrown off course because you got a different plan thrown in your path. You can bob and weave. You know, you can be like Muhammad Ali. You float like a butterfly, stink like a bee. You know, boom, boom, boom. That's what a that's what a leader looks like. They're fluid. They're flexible. They're elastic. But it says over time, from Mayo Clinic, over time the walls in your arteries can harden. You got it? How about this one? Glomeruloc Uh, Glomerulosclerosis, glomerulosclerosis, is the hardening of the glomeruli in the kidney. It's a general term to describe scarring of the kidney's tiny blood vessels, the glomeruli, the functional units in the kidney that filter urea from the blood. Sclerosis of the liver, right? You've heard that one. It's a chronic liver disease that's caused by liver deterioration by eventual replacement of liver tissues with fibrous scar tissues. Cirrhosis, right? You hear it in there? Sclerosis, cirrhosis is a late stage of scarring, fibrosis of the liver caused by many forms of liver disease and conditions. So when we get hurt over time, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, when our kidneys or liver gets hurt over time in the process of healing it, it creates scar tissue. And that scar tissue, after buildup over time, can cause major damage to the body. And that's what's going on. But now I'm talking about emotionally, psychologically, relationally. We've become callous. A callous person is insensitive or emotionally hardened, unkind, cruel, And without sympathy or feeling for other peoples. It might sound callous, but I don't care if he's homeless. You know what I'm talking about? That's what the word means. And we become callous. And by the way, God told us about this. God told us this would happen. In Matthew 24, when uh, Jesus talked about the end of times. I think it's uh, starting chapter 90. I mean, verse 90 says, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Look what's happened in America. Boy, the only safe group to attack right now is white male Christians. You can say anything you want. You can attack our Jesus. You can attack our Bible. You can attack everything. If you're a white male Christian, uh, just shut up, sit down, put your mask on, and go to the back of line. And the Bible says that. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Do you hear the callousness? And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Verse 12, 24, 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. You could probably replace that grow cold in some translation with callous. Remember, 39, 23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my thoughts When the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Don't you hear it? I'm in the wisest man to ever live. You know who that was, right? Solomon. So the good book says, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, Solomon. And you know why he's called the wisest man? Because he was in a young kid, still uh, just a kid to daddy, David. God approached Solomon in a dream and asked him, said, Solomon, I'm going to give you whatever you want. Whatever you ask for, I will give to you. So tell me what you want. I'll give it to you. And instead of asking for all the money in the world, instead of asking for fame and fortune and sex with hundreds of thousands of women, you know what Solomon asked for? Wisdom. Wisdom. And it was granted him. And God said, because you asked for wisdom and not all the other stuff, the tangible stuff that you can hold and you can put in a bank and you can bring glory to yourself with, I'm going to go ahead and give you all that stuff as well. And the wisest man in the world, in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, he says, guard your heart above all else, for from it flow the issues of life. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you we're missing the mark. That's what the word sin means, just so you know. It's an archery term. The word sin is an archery term. It means to miss the mark. That's what it means. And we've all been given gifts and talents. And one of them is our emotional intelligence. See, emotional intelligence is the intelligent use of emotions, the emotional use of intelligence. It is the ultimate double helix. And Dr. Dan Goldman uh, really was the forerunner in this field. Lots of people now study it. But emotional intelligence is the right emotion with the right intensity at the right time for the right reason, direct toward the right person in the right way. But the problem is we've grown cold. We've got a, we, we're, our hearts have been hardened. Our minds have gotten numb. And you see it all around us. You know, you heard about New York City, that 65-year-old Asian woman you know, it, all this Asian hate, we're finding out that it's not, whenever we think about, you know, racism, we're assuming it's white people doing things to non-white people. That's one of the lies out there. White people are scapegoats for everything today. But it was actually a black man who was just pummeled. This woman almost killed her. And you know why I bring it up is because the hearts of many grew cold. On the, the video, we could see on the outside video we got pictures of what was going on. The security guard was inside, closed the door, wouldn't even help this woman. Other people walked by as this woman's being trounced on, did nothing for her. How about a 12 year old boy in Florida, picked up by a stranger, raped, and then shot in the face, and then dumped out of the car? And again, you'll see a lot of people, you hear him screaming, all that, just walked the other way, stayed away from him. How about an eight year old boy in Houston, Texas, who his mom, and her uh, common-law husband, the father, beat this kid and put him in the bathtub, kept him in there while they were having sex, and the kid died. And they had scars that were there forever. No one reported it. No one reached out to help that kid. I'm telling you right now, we're growing from callus to callous. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a solution. This is not just about complaining or griping. I wanna give you a solution. Just like the Mayo Clinic said, if you got a, a callus on your foot, you stop doing those things that created the irritation. I'm telling you right now, there's a solution. So don't you go anywhere. I will not give you a problem without solution. That's not what I do on this radio show. So I am Mr. Black. Today we're talking about callus to callus, And we'll be right back.
1: What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received.
3: You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to... The images, you know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice.
1: 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. Turn market volatility into opportunity today by investing with the big institutions, not against them. Many people are getting taken advantage of by Wall Street. Learn why their returns are so much better than the average novice 401k investor. Learn the skills to be a better steward of your own money. Call for a free in-center or virtual investing class today at 952-814-4410. Call Online Trading Academy at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com.
0: Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
3: welcome back to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application i think that's pat benatar you gotta harden your heart and i'm telling you right now today that that's the problem i'm playing doctor and uh, my my uh, my condition that I've noticed is that we have become callous. You know, you get a callous on your finger that you maybe you use it too much or use your hands a weird way. You get a splinter or you get a, a blister and then you keep working on it. It hardens up, becomes a callous, and then you stop feeling. And that's good if you want your fingertips to harden up a little bit so you can do a lot more work with them. But that's not what you want to do for your heart. And what's happened, I've noticed, is that we have been hardening our hearts. uh, And boy, the world is suffering for it. You know, if you were to go into an emergency room and tell them that you were having chest pains, they would hook you up to an electrocardiogram machine, an EKG. And that EKG will have high points and low points. It's the rise and the fall, the systolic and the diastolic. And it's interesting because that's a great metaphor for life. It is life. And it shows you that life has ups and downs. And we were always told that, because at least I was always told that in kid, as kids, we were always taught that adversity uh, grows people to greatness, You know, when the 12 spies, uh, I think it was in the book of Numbers, when they went in the promised land to to spy it out, uh, Moses uh, had them go in. Uh, You know, 10 of the tribes came back with negative uh, report. Two of them came back with uh, good reports, Joshua and Caleb, right? The only two to enter, actually, the promised land that left Egypt. And if you think about it, it was incredible because, uh, one, they all saw the same situation. Ten of them were demoralized, and two of them were pumped. As a matter of fact, I think it was Joshua that said, look at these giants. They are food for us. In the old days, we used to think that adversity was food for victory, for greatness. Whether you're talking about Martin Luther King or you're talking about Jackie Robinson or you're talking about Jesus Christ, the sanctification process of all believers, God loves us but allows us to go through things that are unfair, unjust, not righteous, and he says that he causes all things to work for the good. And so God uses the high points and the low points, and we should too. But if we're gonna go ahead and stick with the analogy of the EKG, that's what life is. The high points represent those dreams, those high expectations, those those goal accomplishing, those climatic moments in our life. And the low points, well, that's easy to figure out, right? That's the valley. That's the desert. And here's what happened, we're, we're, we need to have the highs and the lows. When things are going really well, I've learned a long time ago, tell myself this too shall pass, because it can't maintain itself. And when we go through the lows, we go this too shall pass. But I want you to think about it, the high points are great, because we get to rest. We get to glory a little bit, our hard work or overcoming something. But we don't stay there. We, we stock up, we build up, we, we kind of hold on to the good stuff because we're either going into a valley, coming out of a valley, or getting prepared for a valley. And so even when you're a high, you know at some point it's going to come down. And those low points, man, the valley is so important. The desert is so important. You know, I always tell people, don't miss the message of the valley. There's a reason we're in the low point. We can grow from it, we can learn from it. And in most valleys, it's the most fertile place in the world, the San Joaquin Valley, right? Most fertile place in the world. And in valley, things are gathered. In valley, the water gathers. In valley, you prepare for the, the mountain of God to climb up the mountain. But what happens in life, because we've been so disappointed, so let down, that a lot of people stop dreaming. I heard a saying a long time ago, uh, expectations are the scenes of disappointment, Whoever said that should be shot, because that gave a lot of people a reason not to have any expectations. And hope is future based. Hope is what leaders are push, present, spread. You know, my little boy, but I is so cute. when I give him what it wants? Sometimes he wants a game or something for a thing. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the game, and he says, Daddy, you given me hope? I am so hopeful. You, you've given me hope, because he knows words." He's six years old in those words. He knows that that's what a leader does. He's heard me say it over and over, that leader uh, is number one commodity is hope. But what happens, we stop dreaming. And so we don't have any high points. We bring them down to a low point. And then a lot of us have had so much pain that we stop feeling. And we say that nothing gets to him anymore. And the problem is if nothing gets to you, nobody can get to you. And so we don't go too high and don't go too low. And if you're ever hooked up to an EKG machine, Unless there's a technical error, (coughs) you will never, ever, ever see a flatline. You know why?
2: obviously.
3: Because you're dead. (gasps) Stick a fork in it. It's over. And what we got to do is we've got to resuscitate ourselves. And what's going on, really, is what the Bible talked about. Is that in the end times, that people will grow cold Matthew twenty four twelve. sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold and there's two terms a lot of people have pity for people the whole uh liberal movement of white privilege of all black people being victims it's pity it's on sympathy and I want you to know there's a difference between empathy and sympathy and as far as I'm concerned sympathy is condescending Sympathy lowers the bar. Sympathy elevates you over somebody else. And I'm telling you right now, my forte is leadership. And I believe as a leader, there's no place for pity as a leader. Now, empathy is one of the greatest leadership qualities there are. See, the terms empathy and sympathy are often confused. And it makes sense, right? Because they're very similar. Both the words deal with relationships. A person has to have feelings and experience of another person. So let's explore the difference between the term sympathy sympathy. And empathy. Both sympathy and empathy, by the way, have the Greek words in it. Pathos. anybody know that? Meaning suffering, feeling. Sympathy is the older of the two words. It entered uh, English in the mid 1500s with a very broad meaning of agreement or harmony in qualities between things or people. Right. Nowadays, sympathy is largely used to convey commiseration, pity, feelings of sorrow for someone else who's experiencing misfortune. The sense is often seen in the category of greeting cards labeled sympathy, right? Think about that. Pity may represent little more than the impersonal concern which prompts the mailing of a check. But true sympathy is a personal concern which demands the giving of one soul. That's Dr. King. And I would call that empathy. So what is empathy? Empathy came a little while later, about the late 1800s, with a somewhat technical and now obsolete meaning from the field of psychology. Psychologists began using empathy as a translation for the German word of Einfühlung. Isn't that a word? word? Einfühlung. What? And the concept that a person could project their own feelings onto a viewed object. See, unlike sympathy, empathy has to come has come to be used in a broader way, right? The term is now most often used to refer to the capacity or the ability to imagine oneself in the situation of another. Isn't that incredible? See, sympathy is feeling compassion, sorrow, or pity for the hardships that another person encounters. Empathy is putting yourself in the shoes of another person, Right? to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. That's the ultimate with empathy. And it's the three perceptual positions on NLP that I teach. First position, second position, third position. Second position is the ability to see and experience from another person's perspective. Not to sit in your shoes and imagine what they're going through, but actually to get up metaphorically out of your experience and step into theirs. That's why I say what's lacking today is understanding. If I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position of a better relationship. And what's happening is we become a numb to each other. The social distancing is really physical distancing. That's created social distancing. And we've been socially distancing for years. That's what this whole George Floyd thing was all about. I watched the video. I don't watch a lot of the news and all that's all negative. I don't know if the guy did something illegal or not, but what his crime was, he was lacking compassion. When I watch Chauvin put the knee on the neck of George Floyd for nine minutes, if you look, he's got his hands in his pocket. He's looking around. He's got no pressure. on. You can see it. He's just sitting there, and he's like checking a box, doing a job, not even paying attention to George Floyd. You can see it looking around, and then the Asian police officer right next to him was doing the same thing. Don't you see the social distance, the emotional disconnect? That's the problem. In, in Jesus' day, we call it leprosy that the nerve endings would be numbed. And so someone's walking along would rip their foot open and not know they're ripped open because the pain's numbed, they can't feel the pain, and then they wind up losing a limb. And so we gotta realize what's going on. We've gotta start dealing with the problem at hand. And when we start making everybody who's black a victim and everybody who's white a persecutor, people start checking out. And then they go just raw emotion. And here's the problem about the drama triangle. The rescuer seems good, but it's not. It's doing for other people what they could do for themselves. So they never learn to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, hit again. They never get their wings. They never learn to overcome. It's a process that you learn through time. That's what's missing. And that's why we're growing cold to each other. We've got to go back to the basics. We've got to go back to look at each other as a living, breathing human being. We've got to get off the race issue that the media wants to push. The, the left and the progressives are creating a race war. Why? Because that will give them the environment to reshape America into their own image. This is purposely being done. It's causing people to grow cold. It's causing people not to care about each other. It's causing people to abuse each other. It's lacking emotional intelligence. It's lacking in st- understanding. It's lacking mercy and grace. And ladies and gentlemen, we're better than that, and we need that. So today, on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about callus to callus. And in the fourth segment, we're going to go into some some solutions, a prescription, if you will. We'll be right back. Diane ain't much of a living boy. I pity myself. Stop it.
1: Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision,
0: and your life. Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker, at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide.
1: With Memorial Day right around the corner, you are about to be bombarded with mattress ads, all claiming to have the best deal. Here's why America's Mattress in Apple Valley should be at the top of your list. First, they're locally owned. You'll either talk to Scooter or Neil, so you're guaranteed to talk to a sleep expert, not some newbie that doesn't care what mattress you buy. They offer the guaranteed lowest price on the industry's top brands, and they consistently provide five-star service. America's Mattress checks all the boxes,
0: so check them out today. That's likeitmatters.net.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today, we're basically telling you what's going on in America. We're becoming callous, we're becoming hard hearted. And why does that matter? Because the Bible says in the end days that we will grow cold. We will grow cold, you know. I'm uh, one of the great traits of a leader is empathy. A lot of people have pity, a lot of sympathy, and as a leader, I don't like sympathy. I don't like pity. Uh, Sympathy is basically a little condescending. It's that poor person. Oh, you poor you. They're not nice to you. Oh, you poor you. Life's not fair to you. It's very condescending. It's very you're putting people down. Now, empathy is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. I believe empathy is one of the greatest leadership characteristics there is. And so what I want to do is give you some application. So how do we change this hardened heart? First of all, you got to be careful what you put into your experience. Remember, we are like a sponge. And whatever we put into our experience, when we get squeezed by life, it's going to come out of it. And there are five portals of entry into our experience. We see things visually. We hear things auditorily, we experience things kinesthetically, we smell things olfactory, and we taste things gustatory. Every single memory you have is stored in the five senses. And so you've got to be a steward. Remember, the Bible says to guard your heart when the wisest man in the world, Solomon, told you to guard your heart. And what the Bible's talking about is your primary focus. And so you've got to guard your heart. You've got to be careful what you allow into your experience, what you watch, what you listen to. And a lot of you are stuck on CNN, MSNBC, uh, actually all these liberal things, and they're they're lying to us. We're being lied to a lot, and I'm telling you right now. 34 years ago, I got this from Paul Ratner, uh, 18 July 2018. A disturbing interview given by a KGB defector in 1984 describes America of today outlines four stages of mass brainwashing used by the KGB. And he says the first stage is called demoralization, which takes about 15 to 20 years. According to the former KGB agent, that is the minimum number of years it takes to re-educate one generation of students that is normally exposed to the ideology of its country. Remember, uh, it wasn't Abraham Lincoln, although he gets credit. He said the philosophy in the schoolroom of one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next, Right. Remember this whole Russian Mueller report, right? Trump is a Russian spy. Trump is a Russian friendly. Trump is, I mean, he was so hard on Russia, it really hurt our relationship. Uh, But yeah, it was lied to. But now we know there has been Russian involvement. But it's been going on uh, in the Cold War since the 40s, 50s, 60s. So you got to understand that President Putin was a former KGB officer. He has both the know-how and the intelligence to carry out very far-sighted, ingenious operations. Think about that. There may be a way to get a deeper understanding by studying the words of Yuri Alexandrovich Bezmanov. That's the guy he defected in 1970 to Canada, and in 1984, he gave an interview to G. Edward Griffin, from which can be learned today. His most chilling point was that there's a long-term plan put in play by Russian to defeat America through psychological warfare and demoralization. It's a long game that takes decades to achieve, but it may already be bearing fruit, it says in the article. And by the way, we think China's doing. China's been buying influence, they've been stealing our stuff. We didn't say anything for decades, and now they're tied with us as economic power. And now a lot of countries are beholden to them because they are debtors to China. It's a slave master thing. The one who borrows the money is a slave. The one who owns the money or loans the money is the master. And Besmanov made the point that the work of the KGB mainly does not involve espionage. You've got to get this. We think about this espionage thing as the big thing. Well, most of the work, he says, 85% of the work was a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion, active measures, or psychological warfare. And Besmanov explained that the most striking thing about ideological subversion is that it happens in the open as a legitimate process. You can see it with your own eyes. The American media would be able to see it if it just focused on it. So what it basically means is to change the perception and reality of every American to such an extent that despite the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and the country. Besbinov described the process as a great brainwashing, which has four basic stages. And it takes from 15 to 20 years the first part, which is demoralization. Think about that. And so now we don't know what is real and what's not real. He goes on to say, quote, they are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern, alluding to Pavlov. You cannot change their mind, even if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black, you still cannot change the basic perception of this logic of behavior. And by the way, demoralization is a process that he says is irreversible. And he describes the state of of a demoralized person. Quote, as I mentioned before, exposure to true information does not matter anymore, says Besmanov. A person who is demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Even if I shower him with information, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him a concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he... Uh, receives a kick in his fan bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand. Him. Read a quote, read a quote, but not before that. That's the tragedy of the situation of demoralization. And that's where, now listen to the word demoralization. It also affects the heart. Don't you hear it? You give in, you are demoralized. you're emotionally bankrupt. See, nothing in the world has value that happens to us. The only value it has is what we give it. Remember, the transactional analysis, there's a stimulus and a response. But our mind is five, six times faster than we talk. And so when someone says something or does something, we don't respond to that. What we do is we go to what we know. We go to our past. We go to our memory banks, and we see something from our past, or we hear something from our past, or we feel something from our past, and then based on that, we respond. See, we're not responding to what the other person's doing we're responding to our personal narrative and right now the media is controlling the narrative it's very important so the solution is to have emotional intelligence is to process yourself properly to don't let things that don't matter get to you control what gets in your head and your heart the emotional intelligence the right emotion with the right intensity at the right time for the right reason directed to the right person at the right time secondly it's also controlling what comes in your uh, your experience, limiting what you're watching, limiting what you're listening to, way too much news. I'm telling you right now in today's world, if you're listening to more than 30 minutes of news, you're listening to too much in a day, watching it too much because it's not changing. All white people, Republicans, are bad. All brown people and liberals are good. Uh, all white people are persecutors. All black people are victims. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just, You're hearing it over and over and over. To require an uh, ID to, to vote is the worst thing in the world. You're basically locking them in chains, putting them back on a, on a <gasps> plantation. But yet, you go to a major league baseball game, you have to show ID. You go to a department of motor vehicles, you have to show ID to get your check cash. You have to show ID to to go into a building. A lot, a lot of times, you have to show ID. I go to meetings all the time that I got to show ID so they know who's entering the building. And I'm gonna tell you right now, liberals have such a low view of black people. I'd be I'd be I'd hate liberals if I was black. Liberals think that black people are stupid or lazy and have no ID and can't, don't know how to get ID. They don't know how to get on the Internet. Like, I'm stunned at how low the bar has been put by liberals on people of color. I'd be insulted. It's a shame. So we've got to take control. The last thing is the frame. You've got to control the frame, the frame in which a thing is put together, an established order. Because frames give meaning to words and experience. When you change the frame, you change the internal representation of what happened. Nothing in the world has any meaning except the meaning we give it. And so you've got to deal with your belief systems. You've got to control. You've got to be a steward of your heart and be careful what gets into it. You've got to work on emotional intelligence and understanding how you work. That's why I do this radio show. I want to remove some of the confusion, some of the darkness, because when people are confused, they don't speak up. When people are confused, they don't step up. When people are confused, they don't act out. And right that's what's going on. And then our heart goes numb. And then we stop believing anything. And we become skeptical. That's how we go from callous to callous. And it's killing us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, go to likeitmatters.net. Let me pull out my paddles and put them together and go, clear! And resuscitate the heart. Let me help you clear up what's going on in your head. Because the head and heart, the connection there, the double helix is the ultimate double helix. It is the, really the master key. If you want to change your life, you've got to figure out the connection between the head and the heart and focus all your energy on that double helix. That's what the radio show is for. That's what likeitmatters.net is for. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. Boris Badenov, world's champion,
0: no good Nick, At your service. If guy you guy. owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true. But it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Ringing. Liber-